Welcome to the podcast Life of Emerald. We all have mental and physical health. You know they go both hand in hand. They are connected. But have we as society stigmatized mental health to our detriment? Let's talk about it. You're listening to the podcast Life of Emerald. I'm your host, Kate. We're a spiritual organization empowering millennials and Generation X to stand up to the universal truth grounded in oneness with the creation based on love, peace, harmony. Be true to yourself. We balance the science and spirituality, modern innovation and ancient wisdom. Shall we normalize mental health in 2022? This is a global movement. Make mental health normal. Our honorable guest today is Elizabeth Cowell. She has been practicing marriage and family therapy since 2018. She has a master's in marital and family therapy and a master's of divinity. She has worked with at-risk youth, high-conflict divorced families, individuals struggling with grief, and she has provided Christian-based therapy. She has also worked with children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and their families, individuals, couples, and families in these settings. Through her studies, she has learned that therapy is a collaborative process. It's just like the parent-child relationship or a spousal relationship, she firmly believes that. In order for you to achieve your goals, we must work as a team. In order for change to happen, both parties must put in the effort. She is currently a registered associate marriage and family therapist at Caldwell Clark Counseling, a center for individual and relationship growth located centrally in Sorrento Valley area of San Diego. I'm honored to introduce and interview Elizabeth. Welcome. Hi, glad to be here. I'm glad to find you, Elizabeth. Nice to host you. Well, let's get started. What is your view on mental health in general? Mental health, I think it affects every part of our lives. When we're experiencing anxiety, we feel anxiety in different parts of our body. When we're experiencing depression, it causes us to lack motivation to, to do things we enjoy. And so mental health just affects our whole being. It's not just mental or emotional, it's, it's all incorporated, I would say. Yeah, there's a theme about when we talk about mental health, body health is included, everything's connected. Is that what you're advocating for as well? Yes, absolutely. What is your personal story pertaining to mental health which has shaped your life view today? My personal story is that Growing up, my parents didn't believe in mental health, which is common in um, a lot of Asian families is your problems are your problems and don't share them kind of thing. And so I grew up not knowing anything about mental health or therapy or even emotions. I couldn't really even identify my own emotions until I was much older. And then I had a coworker who said, hey, what are you, what are you gonna do about it? Oh, I don't know. This coworker encouraged me to seek out a therapist and so I did and that was my first experience in therapy. I was I think in my early to mid 30s at the time and it was my first experience and I wished I would have done that a lot sooner. (laughs) I love your statement, wish I would have done that sooner. 
Also, being from an Asian family, I completely understand the narrative our parents give us. Don't talk about it. So, I'm happy you were courageous enough to seek help. Yeah. 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 What has helped you get through mental health challenges? I mean, you mentioned about the psychologist.、Um, besides their support, is there any other tools that helped you get through it? I find that, well, one, my dog has really helped me. Um, um, animals are a great resource and support system、um, for mental health challenges. But also, just talking about it to friends, to anybody that you trust, has really helped me. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Dogs are really non judgmental beings. Right. Like, right? And yeah. Did you? Find the sense of relief just to be yourself around your dog. Absolutely. There is something in the mental health field, particularly with, when working with trauma, we do something called bilateral stimulation. This actually happens when you're petting a dog. So, when you're kind of thinking about your problems, kind of thing, and you're petting your dog, you're getting the right and left side of your brain working. Succinctly and together. And so you're doing that, you're able to process your emotions and your thoughts. Really interesting. Could you say a little bit about this technique called EMDR? I believe it does the same thing. Yes, absolutely. I am trained in EMDR and I use it with 90% of my clients. It is used to treat PTSD, so like. Trauma, grief, anxiety, depression, those kinds of things. And it addresses traumatic memories or experiences as well as negative beliefs that we develop because of those experiences. And it does this by allowing us to process these memories and desensitizing these memories. It's done by bilateral stimulation, traditionally by eye movement, but since the pandemic, And social distancing and online therapy, there's other forms of bilateral stimulation now. So, why is EMDR so effective? You hold onto this electro circuit on your left hand and right hand, and it sends signal to your left brain and right brain. What is the significance of this electronic gadget that you hold in your hands? Electronic gadget is one way to do it. I personally don't use those, but that, you know, some practitioners do. But basically, what is happening in EMDR as you're processing, whether you're doing eye movements, the electronic gadget, or the self tapping, all those are bilateral stimulation. And the bilateral stimulation helps the right and left brain working together. And by doing this, it allows whatever traumatic memory you're working with, it pulls it from your long term memory into your short term memory. Most of us have terrible short term memories, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just helps us desensitize, reset. It's kind of like a computer system where you reset the system or like clean all the unwanted files and things like that. And like it just makes your computer work faster. I think that's the same as it does for us is when we clean out the unwanted stuff, it helps us operate better. I absolutely love this analogy. Our brain is like a supercomputer, and there are techniques available to delete some of the unwanted memories as we choose to do so. Amazing. Well, Elizabeth, what is your go to strategy for calming your mind instantly? 
crafting. I love to craft, making things, even coloring, things like that. Um, things that allow me to be creative are things that help me calm. But there's other ways. Not everyone likes to craft. Some techniques I always recommend is imagine a place that maybe you've been to or maybe it's made up going there in your mind, envisioning all the things that all the details this place has. What is the temperature like? What smells? What does it feel like? What emotions come up? So that kind of thing is also very helpful in calming your mind. Mm, I'm in Bali right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elizabeth, could you share a little bit more about the power of imagination? You know, I think imagination is so important when it comes to mental health in general and our lives in general. Imagination embodies creativity, it produces creativity, which allows for an escape, but it also allows for us to be grounded. It also allows us to come up with goals, goals for ourselves, short-term goals, long-term goals. I think without imagination, life would be a little dull. <laughs> Someone say, think and you shall become. What mm -hmm. is the evidence for that? <laughs> is there a validity to that? Honestly, I don't know. That has become more of a thing now with manifestation techniques that are becoming more popular, putting energy into the universe, that kind of thing. So I think there is some truth to that. So if you want something so much, you're going to work for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, what is your six word story you'd like our audience to take with today? Life is short, uh, do not wait. <laughs> You know, as if there is no tomorrow. Just do today. Yeah. Just do well today. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, may I ask you, Elizabeth, since that time you first saw a therapist, what helped you commit to becoming a therapist yourself? Well, that's a bit of a story there. Kind of going back to being raised in an Asian household where having a career that made lots of money, you know, like was a thing. And so, in high school, I known that I wanted to go um, this route. I wanted to major in psychology in college. And my parents were like, no, you're not gonna make enough money doing that because you're not gonna do enough school to do that. And so like, I put my dream of became, becoming a therapist on the back burner, I experimented with different things. I was actually working in the church, working with adolescents at the time, and I noticed that there is a lot of mental health issues in the church with teenagers, particularly depression. I noticed that no one, including myself, knew how to help these teenagers. And so that's kind of what drove me to go back to school and pursue this degree. I must say that I love doing what I do. I love being a therapist. I love helping people. It is so rewarding. Yeah, I must say, I love going to the therapist so much. <laughs> it feels like a psychological spa every time I go in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you advise the audience listening in if they're thinking about whether to seek a therapist or not? How would you encourage them to come in and this is a normal thing? 
the pandemic has made things so much easier to find a therapist. I think before the pandemic, we only sought out in-person therapy. But since the pandemic, online telehealth therapy has become revolutionized, I guess. But if you're in most states, particularly I know in California, you don't have to see a therapist just in your city. You have the whole state of California to look at. And so if you don't find a good fit locally, you can reach out. For example, I'm in Southern California. If I didn't find anyone who met my needs here, I could reach out to someone in the Bay Area. There's no reason to wait anymore. You have so many more options. We're all waiting <laughs> for you to reach out. Another thing is, I know a lot of people can't afford the cost of therapy. Yeah, because that can be expensive if your insurance doesn't cover it. There is a website called Open Path Collective that allows you to seek out affordable therapy from the ranges of like 30 to $60. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard of that website. Mm -hmm. Well, now, Elizabeth, how do our audience get in touch with you? Well, I do have an Instagram. It's Elizabeth Cowell Therapy. They could find me on there or at my website. ElizabethCowellTherapy.com. Cool, Elizabeth. It's been fun speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, empowering millennials and Generation X to stand up to what's normal. I appreciate your time. This is an episode series, Make Mental Health Normal with Life of Emerald, for listeners like you. For more information, subscribe to our community Instagram page at lifeofemerald underscore. Find us on LinkedIn, Life of Emerald. Finally, visit our homepage, lifeofemerald.com. Till next time, take care.